Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Velocity Church podcast. We love to hear about life change in our church. So if you have a story about how Velocity has made a difference in your life, send us an email at amen at findvelocity.org. Now sit back and enjoy today's message. So glad you decided to spend your Sunday with us. We recognize there are a lot of places you could be and a lot of things you could be doing, but you decided to be here. I believe that God is going to speak to you today because you made that decision. And if it is your first time here, we are wrapping up a series that we've been in for the last three weeks called The Daniel Dilemma. And what we've been doing in the series is looking at the book of Daniel to discover how we can learn to stand firm and love well in a culture of compromise. And I hope it's been helpful for you like it's been helpful for me. I, uh, I wanna catch everybody up because while what we're gonna look at today is probably the most well-known story in the book of Daniel, there's a lot that's happened in Daniel's life up to this point. Uh, if you don't know the context of Daniel, Daniel was uh, taken captive at this one point in time. The nation of Israel was taken captive by the Babylonians. And Daniel was one of these Hebrew boys taken from Israel and brought to this pagan nation, Babylon, to be indoctrinated with their culture. Most scholars say he was between the ages of 13 and 18 when this happened. And where we're going to connect with him today, uh, he's now close to 80 years old. Uh, he's lived his entire life in this nation. And the reason this story is important for us is because Daniel was this person who had this ability to live for God in a culture that was extremely ungodly. Like one thing you got to know about Babylon is that it wasn't just kind of evil. It was very evil. In, in fact, Whenever heaven wants to use a place that is synonymous with wickedness, you see this in the book of Revelation, they don't mention Sodom and Gomorrah. Las Vegas isn't their sin city. It mentions the place of Babylon. And the reason that's important is because what we're going to look at today, uh, this is a story that makes Daniel famous. And like, like this is one of those classic Bible stories. You know, like there's, there's Noah's Ark. Right there, there's Moses and the parting of the Red Sea. There's David and Goliath. And then there's Daniel in the lion's den. It's one of those stories everybody knows. And, and the challenge with that is that we're so familiar with it that sometimes we can sanitize the story. I mean, even if you don't know a lot about Daniel, you probably know that there was a point in his life where he was thrown into a den full of lions to be executed. But what we're gonna discover as we look at this together is that his story is really not about what happened in the lion's den. In, in fact, there's, there's only one verse in this entire chapter about Daniel in the lion's den. There, there's a lot that happens before it and there's a lot that happens after it where God talks about how God was able to use it, but there's not a lot that happened in the lion's den. And it kind of threw me for a loop even as I was studying, because as a kid, I always grew up thinking that the courage of Daniel was how he was able to keep his faith in God while he was in the lion's den. But the real courage of Daniel wasn't when he got thrown into the lions. Because, I mean, let's face it, at that point, 
it really doesn't matter. Like, it, there's not much you can do about it. But it's what happened before he ever got there. So I want to begin reading in verse 1 of Daniel chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there and we'll follow along together. If you don't, we're going to put the words on the screen so we can all look at this together. And then uh, I'm going to pray and we'll get into this message. But in Daniel chapter 6, verse 1, it says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps. Now, a satrap is just a cool way of saying an advisor, a counselor. It was a government official, a little bit beneath like a governor. And it says that King Darius, he divided the kingdom. He was this administrative genius, and he set 120 satraps over the kingdom. And over these, there were three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom. And what you gotta understand is these guys, they didn't like Daniel very much because as long as Daniel was in charge, they couldn't skim some off the top. As long as Daniel was in charge, he made them look bad. And at this point in Daniel's life, he's been promoted. He's gained more influence. And you just got to know that anytime God raises you up, there are always going to be people who want to take you down. You can just count on it. You can write it down. You can put it in the bank. That anytime God raises you up, he promotes you. There are going to be others that, that don't like it, that want to take you down. And so don't get so bent out of shape when people start harassing you, speaking ill of you, uh, persecuting you, because that's going to happen. So they didn't like Daniel doing this, so it says they fought, that they sought to find a way to, to take him out, but they could find no charge or fault, because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. So he was showed up on time, he was good at his job, he didn't make any mistakes, and so these guys said, well, we're not going to find any charge against Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. In other words, we're going to have to make his religion illegal. We're going to have to make what he does, what he practices, what he believes illegal. So these governors and these satraps, they went before the king and they said to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators, the satraps, the counselors and advisors have consulted together, which is not true, by the way, because Daniel was not in on this. They've consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. I want to speak to you today from this subject, signed, sealed, delivered. You guys can't handle my titles. <laughs> you know that's a good one. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. And I want to pray. I want to ask for God's help, and we'll get into the word this morning. God, thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity to speak your word. And God, we know that every time we gather, that you are present. Every time we open up your word, 
you speak. And so God, I'm asking that you would do it again. Help me. Give all of us, Lord, ears to hear, eyes to see, a mind to receive, a heart to understand the things you have for us, God. I believe that you will. We thank you for it. And everybody who agrees with that can say amen. Hey, how many of you are resistant to change and you know it about yourself? Can I see your hands? Yeah. How many of you are just resistant, period? That's why you never raise your hand when I ask you a question. <laughs> like, that is me. Well, I don't know, you know, where you fall on the spectrum. I think all of us, you know, even if we like change, we can admit that change can be hard. Would you agree with that? Change can be hard. Even if you like change, even if you enjoy switching things up, change can be hard. And I know that, I don't know, how, how many of you like summer? Anybody is a fan of summer? Summer's one of my, you know, top four favorite seasons. And uh, actually the only season I don't like is winter, but uh, I, I like summer. I, I like the sunshine. I like the longer daylight. I even like the heat. I like the fun, the break from routine that comes with summer. My wife, though, Marissa, she dreads summer. She, she, she dreads summer. Uh, the reason why she, she hates all things fun. She, she is a fun hater. And uh, that and she also dreads the break in routine. If it were up to her, our kids would stay in school year round. It would become night, sunset at 6.30 p.m. That's her ideal world. But, you know, all of us, even if we like change, it can be frustrating. I think we would all agree it's frustrating to be in a situation that we feel like it can't be changed. Have you ever been there? You, you, you find yourself in a situation, even if you like routine, even if you like change, when you find yourself in a situation that you think can't be changed, it's frustrating. Well, that's the context of Daniel chapter six. And it's really interesting because what we learned from the text is that by the time we get to this point in Daniel's life, he's seen a lot of change. I don't know if you noticed it or not, but it says the king in this passage is King Darius. Coincidentally, he's also the lead singer of Hootie and the Blowfish. I'm just saying he's got a lot going on in his life. But my point is, it's a, it's a different king than maybe you've heard of before. Uh, when we started with Daniel, there, there was a king in power, King Nebuchadnezzar. At this point in Daniel's life, there are now three different kings, three different regimes that he's served under. I mean, you want to talk about influence. You, you want to talk about the legacy of a life. This Jewish boy who was once a captive... He not only survives in a culture that was hostile towards his beliefs, he thrives under three different rulers. Can I just tell you that when your heart is surrendered to God, it doesn't matter who's in authority over you. Well, when you have a heart that says, God, I'm going to serve you no matter what, when you have a heart that desires to honor God, you live humbly. It doesn't matter what your boss thinks about you, who your boss is, who's in authority over you, who's in office, what law is passed. Can I just tell you, when your heart is to serve God, God can always find a way to promote you in any situation. That's the case with Daniel. This guy, he was 
esteemed by King Nebuchadnezzar, later esteemed by King Belshazzar. By the time King Darius comes in, conquers Babylon, takes control, he so values Daniel, he finds himself putting him in a place of power once again. And, and not just like any place. I mean, it says that Daniel was one of three rulers over the entire kingdom, and he was the chief of the three. That's how great Daniel was. How great was Daniel? He was so great that as long as he was in charge, as long as he was overseeing things, it says that, that King Darius, he suffered no loss. His playlist was DJ Khaled's All I Do Is Win. That, that's how great Daniel was. And man, I've got a lot of references. Stevie Wonder, DJ Khaled, Hootie. Man, all I need is Kanye. I love this message like Kanye loves Kanye. All I can say. But... I'm just saying, how did he do it? He so distinguished himself. I, I love that because what that tells me is that, that he, he didn't just have natural gifts, natural abilities, natural talents. He made a decision. He distinguished himself. And here's the decision. He, he says, I, I can't influence this culture if I'm imitating the culture. He knows that the only way you can make a difference is to be different. And this is the way scripture says it about him. I love the way it puts it. It says, he had an excellent spirit. I love that phrase so much that I actually chose the translation I was going to read to you from based on the way it said that. This is the New King James translation, by the way. It says he had an excellent spirit. It made me think of that one quote that says, Excellence isn't an act, it's a habit. It's what we repeatedly do that makes a difference. See, when I look at the life of Daniel, I see something. Because many times we, we get this idea that when we have a big decision to make, when the pressure is turned on, when we're faced in a, in a difficult situation that we want God to show us what to do or lead us where to go. But what I see with Daniel is, is that Daniel was a certain kind of guy who lived a certain kind of way. So, so by the time the pressure was on, the decision had already been made. See, we're going to see this with, with where I want to pick up. Let's look at verse 10. It says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Now picture this for a moment. Daniel hears about this new law that just passed, and his first response isn't to go, you know, make a petition before the king. He doesn't make a scene. He doesn't try to find an exclusion or find an exemption for himself. He doesn't even try to hide his faith in this moment. For him, the decree didn't even break his routine. And that's what's so important in the story. Because, see, by the time Daniel got to the lion's den, his decision on what he was going to do had already been made. See, can I tell you, if, if your faith, if you don't decide to honor God in the light of day, your faith will never survive the darkness of the den. He, he, he made the decision before he ever got there. It's, it's really about 
a pre-decision. It's a, he, he pre-decided. Say, say pre-decision. Pre-decision. It's, 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 a, it's a pre-decision. There's power in a pre-decision. I, I like to say he pre-sided. Just make up that word. He, he, he pre-sided because, and this is something I, I, anytime I get the opportunity to speak to youth, I would tell them this, but this is true for anybody who desires to live a life of integrity, anybody who desires to live pure, anybody who desires to live free from temptation. If you want to know how to live pure, if you want to know how to live with integrity, you have to make a pre-decision. If you wait till your clothes are off before you decide whether you're going to jump in bed with someone, can I tell you, that's too late. Is this too real? Is this preaching too real for you? Let me keep it, let me keep it biblical. If you wait till you get in the lion's den to make a decision, you are going to be eaten alive. You, you have to pre-decide. So Daniel, he, he didn't decide once he got in the lion's den. He, he didn't make his decision based off the king's decree. He made his decision based off of a conviction he had already established. And I think so much of Daniel's life where we see him refuse to eat the king's food, where, where we see these Hebrew boys refuse to bow, where we see Daniel stand up to a king and, and give him uh, a hard, challenging truth, and we see Daniel do all these things, it was based because he made a previous decision, I'm gonna serve God no matter what. I'm gonna serve God no matter the circumstance. I'm gonna keep God first in my life. And what stuck out to me isn't just what Daniel did, but it's what he didn't do because we don't see him go solicit the king, say, hey, king, this is an unfair law. We don't see him try to build a coalition and garner support. We don't even see him share his thoughts on how this law made him feel. Instead, he did something really strange. He, he acted in a way that others could see. It says, he went to a room where the windows were open and he prayed like he always did. And this is probably what spoke to me the most out of this entire passage of scripture because it started to make sense for me why Daniel was able to be promoted time after time into a place of influence again and again because he never tried to influence the nation with his opinions. The way he influenced the nation was with his example. And can I just tell you, you are not going to change the world with your opinion. You change the world by your example. Look at, look at what he did. I, I see two things in this verse. He took a posture of visibility and he took a posture of humility. He went to a place up to his room where the windows were open. People could see him. And then it says he got down on his knees and prayed. Humility. In fact, I would tell you the reason Daniel was able to stand firm in his faith was because he got on his knees in his prayer. See, it's, it's this posture of humility, recognizing that there is a God above 
and I am below. It's recognizing that God is over all, regardless of who is over me. It's recognizing that I can do more on my knees than I can in standing up and trying to make a scene. He, he took this posture of visibility and humility. He knew that it wasn't his opinion that mattered. It was his example. So many times people come up to me and they're like, hey, pastor, what do you think about this thing? Hey, did you read this in the paper? Did you see this in the news? What do you think about that? And I understand what they're asking because they're, they're asking a genuine and sincere question. They're coming from a good place. But can I tell you, it really doesn't matter what I think about it. It doesn't matter what my opinion is about. It. The only opinion that matters is God's opinion. That's what Daniel knew. So, so what he knew is that what he demonstrated would, be, would speak louder than anything that he could ever say. But while he was doing this, well, his fellow governors, they didn't like it very much. It says, these men assembled, they found Daniel praying, making supplication before his God, and they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any God or man within 30 days, except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, hey, this is true, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. In other words, this is an unchangeable situation. You see, previous kings, their word was law. So whatever they spoke, that's what was. But, but with Darius, he was part of the, Persian, the, the Medes and the Persians. Their rule of law was whatever is written down, it doesn't matter what the king says, whatever's written, that cannot be changed. And so they answered and said before the king, well, that Daniel, you know, that Daniel, that, that man, that woman, if it was somebody else, that that person who is the one of the captives from Judah, he doesn't show regard for you, O king, for the decree that you have signed, but he makes his petition three times a day. Do you notice how they referred to Daniel? In the first week, we talked about how they tried to change his name. Now, 70 years later, when they weren't successful in changing his name, they're trying to bring up his past. And see, that's what the enemy will always try to do to you. He, he tries to get you thinking that it can't change, that things can't change, that your situation can't change, that it is unalterable, that who you were is who you always be, that you can't change. It's this lie that things are unchangeable. Well, it says, and the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself, and he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him, and he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. He realized that his government officials that he's put in power, they've tried to trick him. He's not happy about it. This guy liked Daniel. So these men, they approached the king. They said, king, you know this. It's the law. This is, this is what's been established. No decree or statute which you establish can be changed. They just keep on emphasizing this. This is an un changeable situation. So finally, the king relented. He gave the command. They brought Daniel. They cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, your God, whom you serve continually. Look, interesting. Even the king recognized that Daniel had a habit of serving God, that he had a habit of humility, that he had a habit of prayer, that he had a habit of standing firm with his convictions. He said, even your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. 
Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of his lords, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. In other words, his fate was sealed. This is what the enemy does, by the way. He, he, he tries to get you into a temptation where you're willing to change what you believe to fit your situation. And then once you get into a trial, he tries to tell you and get you to believe that your situation is unchangeable. And it made me think about how many people might be here today who feel like their fate is sealed because of decisions that they've made. I don't know what it would be for you, but, but maybe your spending has been out of control and you've made one bad financial decision after another bad financial decision and you're looking at your financial picture and you're thinking, what's the use in even trying? What's the use in even trying to live differently? Maybe I should just file for bankruptcy. Maybe this is just my lot in life. You've lost hope that it could ever be different. Maybe it's because you've been so lonely looking for a loving relationship that you've been willing to give your body to anybody who promises to love you. And one broken promise after another broken promise after another broken promise, you're looking at your life thinking, why should I even bother looking for love? Why should I even bother trying to live differently? This is my life. Maybe it's the state of your marriage. You entered into it with dreams of what a marriage could be, but once you got in, it wasn't what you expected, and you thought, is this it? Well, why should I, like, why should I even try to live differently? Well, why should I even hope for something better? Maybe you've had success from the outside. Maybe things look good from the outside, but you're looking at success and you're thinking, is this it? Because you know that you still deal with the same issues and the same insecurities since you were 13 and you're wondering, is this really what my life is gonna be? I don't know what stone has been rolled over your situation where you feel like your fate has been sealed, but, but maybe just like they threw Daniel in the pit and they sealed it with a stone, you've thought, my situation is unchangeable, it's unalterable, it's case closed. This, this is my life. But there's something that caught my attention in this verse. I don't know if you noticed it, but in this verse they said, so that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. And the reason that was interesting to me is because I told you I look at the Bible in lots of different translations when I'm reading it, and it's different than how most translations put it. Most translations say that they rolled the stone, sealed it with the stone so that his situation couldn't be changed. And what came to my mind is I wonder with you, when you feel like your fate is sealed, are you focused on your purpose or your predicament? Because see, so many times we get in a situation where we feel like our predicament is settled. We feel like we're in an unchangeable situation. And so because we're in the situation, we just, we adapt God's word, we alter God's word to fit our situation. But, but what if we just flipped that? Well, what if instead of thinking that our predicament is settled, well, what if we said God's purpose is settled? Well, what if, we, what if we settled God's word in our heart and believe that God's word is gonna change our situation? 
See, can I tell you something? That you can't shut what God has settled. You, you thought that your, your purpose in life has been shut off and sealed off, but it's been settled. God already knows what he wants to do through you, what he wants to do in you. So they thought that they had shut Daniel in. They thought that they were shutting him off and, and cutting him out and cutting him off. But when they sealed that stone and they stamped it with their rings, all they were really doing was stamping God's approval because here's what God knows and here's what God does is that, see, God will put you in a situation that is unchangeable so he can do a miracle in your life that's undeniable. Th think about... To think about all that Daniel had seen. See, see, up to this point, he's seen all sorts of things. He, he's seen God come through when they refused to eat the king's food, and it worked out all right. He, he's seen God come through when he stood up to the king and put his finger in his face and said, this is what the word of the Lord is concerning you, and, and he turned out all right. He, he saw his friends, those three other Hebrew boys, they, they stood up uh, against the king when he said, everybody has to bow down. They didn't bow and they got thrown into the furnace and it still turned out all right. He, he's seen God protect him and promote him through three different regimes. And at this point, he's thinking, you know what? It's gonna be just like the other times. God has been faithful to me. I'm gonna be faithful to him. And so he figures this time's not gonna be any different because what he knows is that God always has a backup plan. Now, I don't mean that God has a plan B in case plan A doesn't work out because nothing takes God by surprise. But what I'm telling you is that he knew that God always has a plan to back up his child who stands firm on his promise. You see, God always has a backup plan. And so this is what happens. It says, now the king, he went to his palace. He spent the night fasting and no musicians were brought before him. See, I told you Darius was in a band. And it says, also his sleep went from him. And then the king, he rose very early in the morning. He went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke saying, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, here it is again, whom you serve continually, has he been able to deliver you from the lions? Now, if I would have been Daniel, I would have waited like a solid two minutes before I answered. I just would have like milked this thing for everything is worse. But, but that's not what Daniel did. He replied, he said, oh, king, live forever. God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, oh, king, I have done no wrong before you. Now, what's interesting this is the first time Daniel opens his mouth in the entire story. It, we, we don't ever see him go to the king and plead his case, try to defend himself, try to change the decree. It's so interesting to me that because Daniel kept his mouth shut, God shut the mouths of the lions. The first time he opened his mouth was after God shut the lion's mouth. I almost called this message, shut your mouth. Because, there's, because it says that they, they rolled the stone and they sealed the mouth of the cave and God shut the mouth of the lions and Daniel never speaks up until this moment. And there's a whole other sermon in there about if you really want to operate with grace and truth, you first have to shut the mouth of pride in your life. But I want to go on because it says, I've done no wrong. He gives God the glory. He says, my God sent an angel 
And verse 23 says, now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury, whatever, was found on him because he believed in his God. Because he believed in his God. See, it's not what happened in the lion's den that brought Daniel out. It's the decision he made before he ever got there. It's the faith he had in God before he ever found his way there. And I wonder what would have happened in Daniel's life had he not decided beforehand how he was going to live. See, sometimes like we read the Bible like it's a Disney story and we just think like, well, we know everything works out in the end. But you got to understand, these guys had no idea how this was going to work out. And even the fact that Daniel is thrown in the lion's den is proof that things don't always work out. See, he, he took a stand for God. He made a decision. And yet he got thrown in the pit. But here's what Daniel knew. Is that if he did the right thing, he could trust God with the result. And that's what I want to encourage you. And that's, that, that's really the message of this series is that if you do the right thing, you can trust God with the result. It, it's not about what you say. It's not about making a scene. It's about setting an example. It's about responding with grace and truth. It's about responding with love. It's about responding in a, in a way that Jesus would respond. Daniel's not the only one. Jesus is our perfect example. In fact, when I read this story and it says that they rolled the stone to seal him in and immediately made me think of another time they rolled the stone where, where Jesus was shut in the grave and he died for our sins. He died for our guilt. He died for our trespasses. In fact, it, it says that in Colossians, I believe, that we were dead in our sins and trespasses and that Jesus Christ through his death he blotted out the decree, signed. We, 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 were, we were dead. It was an unchangeable situation, sealed. But he blotted out the decree by nailing it to the cross through his death, burial, and resurrection. Signed, sealed, and delivered. And the truth is I wanted to end this by giving everybody an opportunity to know Jesus as the Lord of your life and, and to know that whatever situation you're in, you know, the truth is following God doesn't mean that things are always gonna go well with you, but whatever situation you're in, if you trust God, if you do the right thing, you can also trust him with the result. If you're faithful to God, he will be faithful to you. And so I wanted to give you an opportunity to make that decision today. 